Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 147. And this week, we are thrilled to have the head man at Creighton Prep High School, 72nd and Western, for those of you who are directionally challenged here in Omaha, Nebraska, Mr. Josh Ludke, the head boys basketball. Of course, you can only be the head boys basketball coach because all you have is boys at your school, Josh. So uh, that's the only way that makes sense. Um, but before we get going with Coach Ludke, uh, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete or yourself who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, go see Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi, give them a call, 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle every day, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes, uh, so download, rate, review, give our podcast five stars. And, you know, folks, that really helps me out. If if you're a weekly listener, if you listen consistently, but you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, just it, it just helps. It just helps in, in everything that I'm trying to do here. So, uh, And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. Check out a penandanapkin.com. It's a pretty good website, I know, because I made it. And if you'd be so willing, take, check out patreon.com backslash a pen and a napkin. And now I am spent, Mr. Ludke. It is now time for you to start talking because that was a big old mouthful. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great. I appreciate you asking me to uh, join you today. So uh, this is great. I, I appreciate what you do for high school basketball, uh, both on the, the, the girls and boys side. And uh, I hope people uh, tune in and listen and uh, take some tidbits away with it and kind of get to understand the coaches and you know, what we do and how we do it and how we try to do what's best for kids. Well, I expect um, when this drops within the next 24 hours, about a thousand downloads just directly attributed <laughs> to the Creighton Prep student body. Um, um, I will push it tomorrow. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds good. So, uh, well, hey, Josh, let's get going here for, for uh, folks that don't know about you, your background, uh, you know, your your basketball journey, your story. Uh, why don't you go ahead and get us started with that? Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and your journey there to be the, the I didn't realize this, uh, Josh, you're the all-time wins leader at Creighton Prep, which is saying <laughs> something. That, that, yeah. that means, and again, this is the word we're using. Uh, we're not old, we're experienced, Josh. We're experienced. So, Amen. And, and <laughs> I, I think if you hear the story and you see where, where it started, you probably shake your head and say, no, wait a second. You just said this guy is the all-time winning as basketball coach at Creighton Prep. So, um, you know, I, I, I have a fo- football background. Um, and, you know, I, I played football at Prep and played college football dabbled in some indoor slash arena football to have some fun. And um, I started coaching basketball for Scott Hawk. Um, Scott is, is one of the, the great guys at prep, a terrific basketball coach, won a state title, I think in 94 with some guys named TJ Pugh, Othella, Othella Meadows and a few other really important pieces of that team. And, um, Scott needed a freshman B team coach and um, I was like, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. he's like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I got time. Why not? And uh, so he gave me the job. Um, you know, funny story real quick before that is 
I was Scott Hawk's paper boy. So that's where the connection goes. Um, and it, this is a crazy story, but, uh, so I started doing freshman B basketball and just really enjoyed it. I mean, I played basketball through, through eighth grade year and, you know, football just seemed to be the right thing for me at the high school level. So I kind of did that. Um, I started the B team. I did it one year. Um, Scott left and, and went to Bellevue West and became the girls coach. So a guy by the name of Reggie Morris, who's a good friend of mine, became the varsity coach and um, coach couldn't find a JV coach. And I was like, I'll do it. And uh, <laughs> so I ended up doing the JV um, for one or two years. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was, I honestly think it was two years. It's, as you said, we're not old. We're just experienced. I can't remember that far back. But so I ended up doing JV, um, had fun with that, got started to really kind of get into the coaching aspect of it. A lot of people probably thought I was going to take over for coach Jaworski, but you know, I was, I was, I was doing football. I did football for one year and, and then coach Morris left and we opened it up and I'm like, you know, I was like, I love basketball. So I'm just going to throw my name in the hat. Yeah. And Tom Deneen was our athletic director. And, you know, people, I think people assume you can just go out and hire any guy off the street to be basketball coach. And, mm-hmm. you know, what, what we have to do in schools is you got to have openings. So you got to have a math opening, an English opening, a, a history opening, opening a PE opening. One of the, well, someone's got to have an opening. Well, yeah. Lucky for me, there wasn't a ton of openings at prep. And, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, there were a couple in-house people, uh, a couple outside people and went through the process. And, you know, Tom Deneen stopped by my office one day and said, it's yours if you want it. And I didn't even blink. I said, I'm in. Um, yep. And I took it. And, and you know, you prep took a chance on me. I was a guy that obviously had a lot of success there as a student athlete um, and, and playing football for one of the best football coaches ever, Tom Jaworski, and just had that passion for prep. And I think Tom saw that. So he took a chance on me. And, you know, I, the first year was, you know, probably the worst year because, you know, you got this thing called email where a lot of people are like, you know, what are you doing hiring this football guy? We need a basketball guy, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, I remember I always save any email I get, I always save it because I use it as motivation to, you know, kind of prove people wrong. And that's just kind of who I am. And, um, the first year we go six and 13, second year we go nine and 11. And then the third year we, I think we were 17 and seven and played in the state finals and lost to, uh, Bell West who, you know, they had a guy named Dotzler who ended up playing at Creighton. It was a terrific yeah. point guard and really controlled the game and a couple other guys that played division one. So after we broke down the door of getting to state after that, that third year or the second year, the third year, you know, we just kind of got on a roll and went six straight years. And, you know, now, you know, you look back and this is going to be my 21st year of coaching. Um, we've been to the state tournament 15 out of 20 years. Um, we've, we've accomplished all kinds of things that we've never really done before prep with, you know, district titles and basketball are tough to come by. I mean, basketball is a competitive sport, as you know, and, um, we've, we've won 14 districts and we got one wild card one year, which, 
we were lucky to get, but you know, that was the year they had two wild cards. So we got a wild card. So 15 out of the 20 years we've been at the state tournament, been lucky enough to play in the finals four times. Um, you know, we've won three and we've been in the state semifinals 10 years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's just been a remarkable journey, but it, it doesn't get done if I don't have great kids and I don't have great coaches who believe in the vision that we had when I took over and with their help of, you know, accomplishing the vision, believing in the vision, um, the kids and the assistants get a lot of the credit. I just, I happen to be the guy at the head. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that humility is appreciated, I'm sure, uh, by by everybody, and and obviously, if you've if you've been there as long as you've had, you've had great success. Like you said, you've had a great run. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting, as you said. You know, you were the football guy, and fast forward twenty one years, feels like they kind of made the right decision there. But uh, you 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 like you said, you played at uh, prep. You you were on the run. What was it? You were in the last two years of the five years in a row that prep won it. Um, something like yeah, that. Actually, actually I got lucky my sophomore year. We had about three injuries to the quarterback. So I got the lucky call to go up and just hand the ball off to some big senior, uh, running backs behind <laughs> a, a line that weighed about 280 pounds. So I actually got three state titles playing football as a sophomore, junior and senior. Gotcha. Uh, what, uh, when you took over the job, and obviously uh, football and basketball are completely different, but yet there's so many things that are alike between the two of them. Uh, what was your pitch as the quote-unquote football guy that, hey, I'm ready to take on this varsity job as uh, only being on, you know, being a quote-unquote basketball guy for two or three years? And, and what are some things that you've taken from your football experiences, maybe your football coaches, whatever it may be, Josh, that, that has helped you uh, build your program there at prep well i i think it, it had, a lot of it had to do with you know when, when we took over I, I i hate to say it was a rebuild um but but there was a culture that needed to be changed and and i know people say okay here we go again with that culture you know people always talk about culture we we had gone through some turmoil that that final year um and, and I think people looked at us a little bit different than than what they had in the past as far as from a program standpoint. And I don't know if anyone ever really considered prep to be a powerhouse in, in basketball. Now, we've had great teams, you know, the 94 team won. Um, we had the team in 70-71 that I think was 21-1 and one and missed out on the, the state you know, uh, tournament because back then it was just a limited tournament. And obviously brother, I think brother has two state titles. Uh Hawk has a state title. So, I mean, we've had good teams, but the consistency of having the good teams we just hadn't had. So the first thing I had to do was kind of change the culture. And, and I'm a blue collar type of guy. Like, you know, my dad was a, you know, he was a very smart man. He was probably, you know, could have been a professor or a teacher at the high school level, but never really felt like he wanted to accomplish his degree at Wayne State. So he just, he was a hard worker for his entire life. So that blue collar mentality of like, hey, you got to work and you got to put time in and you got to, you got to really spend the hours of doing things well in order to achieve things probably, probably started with, with him. And, and, you know, uh, one of the questions you had were kind of like, who were my mentors? And, you know, my dad was, you know, a big part of it, but I also have an uncle who was a very big part of, 
who I've become today with, you know, never taking things for granted, always putting in the time. You, you can't be something great if, if you just wish for it. So there's got to be a lot of hard work. So the culture part was the very first thing mm-hmm. we did. We said, hey, guys, you've got to buy into what we're going to do. And it's going to start with hard work. It's going to start with defense. It's probably going to start with making us a little uncomfortable. Um, and we may have some ups and we may have some some downs but at the end of the day we're building a foundation here that you guys are going to be very proud of maybe not this year or next year or the year after but maybe even 10 years or 15 years so you had to trust kind of the blueprint so Mm -hmm. it had to start with kind of that culture of building a toughness we we weren't really tough at prep we 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 kind of just always would would kind of back off and and one of the things i think if anybody you ask about uh, my teams, they're always going to say they're tough and they mm-hmm. compete and, and they battle and it's never, never an easy game. So we had to build that toughness. So we ended up the first probably eight, 10 years, it was all about defense, defense, and we were going to get stops. And we were, you know, if the game was 45 40, great, we won because we were going to score more than, you know, 42 points. Um, so we built it on toughness. We really tried to build it on like toughness on the court but also toughness in the weight room we wanted to get bigger and stronger um and then we did some skill work so toughness was a big thing consistency was a big thing if you wanted to get better you have to be consistent and showing up every day one of the words we use all the time now is we need everyday guys we need guys that every day when you come and you work out you're giving it your best you know i ask my guys two questions a lot did you give it all? Did did you give it your all today? And did you make the day count? And in the answer, if you say yes to both of those, then I can walk away pretty happy with what you did today. Um, so that defense, the consistency, getting a little bit of toughness was kind of the blueprint. Um, you know, back then we had a lot of guys who played multiple sports. So I've always been a guy who said, "Hey." In the fall, go out for another sport. I don't care. Like, if you want to do football, great. Cross country, tennis, great. But if you're not going out for a sport in the fall, then you got to put in the time. You got to do skill work. You got to do lifting. You got to get better as a basketball player. And guys bought into that. That was a struggle at first, but they bought into it. Um, if guys in the spring want to do baseball, track, soccer, or golf, go for it. But if you're not, you're not going to go home and play video games at 3 o'clock until 7 o'clock. You're going to do something in the spring. So getting guys to buy into those pieces as well. And then the other thing was, you know, summer basketball back when I first started, I think prep only just showed up to a varsity league, and that was it. I don't think we did workouts very much. So we became, you know, we're, we're four days a week in the summer and we're lifting and we're getting skills in and we're joining every league possible. We're going to mm-hmm. get all of our, you know, game experience in the summer. Not that it translates a hundred percent to what the real season's like, but getting that game experience really helped us early in this program building it because we could say we had experienced guys coming back. So, you know, that's a lot of little mumbo jumbo stuff that I've talked about, but all those little pieces had helped. But I think the the number one thing I started with was building culture of toughness, believing in what we did, buying into working hard, showing up every day to do the best that you can. And if you gave it your best, then that's all we could ask. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, so you, so your first decade or so, you're talking about toughness, defense, physicality, winning 45 to 40. And then you made a switch. 
and then you made a switch to become more offensive, more free flowing, more trying to get the yep. game into the '60s and the '70s. What was that? What was that process? What 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 brought you to that conclusion, uh, Josh? Well, you know, we 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 went two years of the first two years we didn't qualify for state, and then we went. Uh, I think it was seven straight years. And then we went three years of where we just really, you know, we we kept teams and 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 guarded well, but we couldn't score points. And I got tired of losing games in the forties, even like the like the fifties. I just got tired of losing. I'm like, you know, we got to start going more up tempo, um, get up and down a little bit more. Really emphasize probably more skill stuff than than strength stuff. So now we've kind of flipped the script, the script a little bit. And we actually do three days of skill work and then we do two days of workouts. And that was probably the best decision that, that I've made, um, going that route because I really feel like in the last, you know, seven, eight years, our offense has been really tough, been really good. We've been one of the top, I'd say five or six teams scoring every year, um, and we're good enough defensively. We still get stops and we, we compete. But I think being able to put five guys on the floor that can score uh, could really help us. Now, you know, last year we probably had three guys on the, the, the court that could score and, and two guys probably were probably not our top scores. But, you know, we had a lot of injuries last year, but those guys stepped up and did a nice job and had some nice games. But in the last, you know, eight trips, so we've missed three straight times. And then we've gone eight straight times now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the biggest thing has been just the offensive side of the ball and being able to score, run good offense, uh, put our guys in a position to be successful. That's another thing. One of the things I, I did was, you know, I, there was a book that I just I, I really um, enjoyed and it really talked about playing to your strengths. And, and we spend so much time worrying about our weaknesses and how do we develop those weaknesses that the emphasis was on, well, why don't you do what you do well? And then you can try and do some of the things you don't do so well a little bit better, but you're really just kind of emphasizing your strengths. And I'm like, what a novel idea. So like (laughs) we've spaced the floor, we shoot the ball, you know, some years we have two big, some years we have one, we get post play Our post guys have been really good lately. And, uh, just being able to score the ball, guys that can dribble, pass, shoot, uh, have really helped us, you know, be that team that's gone eight straight years. And, you know, one thing I kind of proud myself on, and I know we've been to the semis the last two years and probably had had some opportunities to win, you know, probably get to the finals. But, you know, we're, we're probably, I think, the only team that's gone eight straight years, um, We've got two state titles along with, you know, Miller North and Omaha South, who also have two. So nobody has more state titles than us in the last two years. Obviously, Miller North has had some really good teams the last two years. But um, we, we also have, have, you know, won our district eight straight times. Now, I hate to say that because then I got to knock on wood because it's like <laughs> I don't want to jinx us for this year. But switching to that offensive mindset and really playing to our strengths, letting our guys be themselves the less they think offensively the better they're going to be now it takes a while to get them to that point um, and we certainly had some struggles this year in the offseason with letting guys be who they are 
sometimes you got to reel them back in and do some things that are more controlled. But at the end of the day, you're just teaching them how to be able to just go out there and make plays. Mm-hmm. Well, and do you think, Josh, that that has helped? Like you said, you've won eight districts in a row under this quote-unquote philosophy. And when you get to district time, you've got 20-some games of film out there on you. And if they've got one or two guys that they're running these pet plays for or that type of thing, that's really hard to take away. But if you've got five kids out on the floor that can put the ball in the basket, that that's a that's a great equalizer and not even an equalizer. It's a great advantage to have because your opponent just can't lock in on, okay, we've got to take away number 22 here. And if we take away 22, we got a great chance of beating prep uh, because he's the only one that can really score it or or that type of stuff. Do you think that's been part of it as well? I do. I mean, I I look back at some of the teams we've had and I mean, there's been a couple, probably I'd say five years, six years where we've had five guys that could just really score it. Um, so it's tough to just stop one guy, but, you know, even, even when we've had, you know, guys like last year having just really Martell, Luke, um, and I think Joey Rischel really stepped up to be kind of our top three guys. I mean, there were guys who stepped up in, in absence of other guys that were able to put together multiple nights of multiple points. But, um, you know, it just, I think it comes from a sense of, confidence i i think it does make it really hard to scout us i mean scott severinson who we'll probably talk about here in a little bit longtime prep coach he always would joke with me and and the other assistants and say you know if you were to pull our game and try to scout us i think it's really difficult to scout us because i don't even know if we know what we're doing let alone what the other people (laughs) think we're doing so we always kind of would have a laugh about that but you know, we play, our style is, I mean, last year we played a lot of five out and a lot of motion with some concepts. Previous years we did a lot of four out ball screen with some concepts. We obviously have a few set plays that we really like to run that we can run from different different sets, but they're the same action. Um, all that multiple type scoring stuff, I think, has really made us hard to guard because it, if we can space them properly and we can make the proper reads, it's tough to guard. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs, but sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs, and now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The Appendant and Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at appendantandnapkin at gmail.com for details. You you brought up Scott's name. Uh, You know, he's been with you for a long time. We'll just just leave. Again, experienced, Josh. Experienced, yes. yes. Uh, Just how valuable has it been for you to have somebody like Scott on board who is thinking a lot of the way that you are, but probably independent enough of himself that he feels confident to say, hey, have we thought about doing it like this? I mean, just talk about the value of having a a long-term right-hand man that that really gets you, gets the prep program, gets everything around you. Yeah, I mean, he's been very valuable. Now, he jokes that he's a transition coach because he's always been kind of that assistant that transitions with the new head coach. And you know, he told me when I got the job a long time ago that 
he was only going to help me for a couple of years to transition us. And I think it finally took him 19 years to, to retire because, you know, last year he was around, he'd come watch practice, but he didn't really sit on the bench with us. But having somebody who's been with brother, having somebody that had been with Scott, somebody who'd been with Reggie, um, knowing what prep basketball was traditionally about really just kind of helped us with kind of, kind of just put the emphasis on, Hey, this is what it's about. This is what you want to do. So it just, it kind of validated us that we were on the right path. Um, and he did, he, he'd have some great insight, you know, when we weren't rolling and needed to, to do some things differently, he would make some suggestions. And, mm-hmm. uh, I always joked with him and I said, I hear you, I hear you. And some of them <laughs> I'd go with, and obviously some I wouldn't, but he'd always get a laugh out of it. But, um, he, he's been very valuable in building, you know, the, the resurgence of this program, um, to where it is today. And, and like I said before, I mean, he's a hall of fame member at prep and the athletic class. Um, I think he was inducted a couple of years ago. Um, and he deserves it cause he's been a lot, he, he's meant a lot to a lot of athletes and a lot of students at prep, both on the golf team, but also the basketball team. And, you know, anybody who can endure 19 years with me as a coach, <laughs> uh, yeah, they deserve a spot in the hall of fame. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of your staff, you are kind of the, uh, I don't know, you're, you're turning into the Belichick here of the Omaha metro area. You've got... You, I keep losing guys. I, yeah, I know. I mean, you, you lose Andy, you lose Nick. I, I, I feel like there's more. Um, but, you know, you're, you know, it's got to be satisfying in, in, in a lot of ways to, you know, have these guys on your staff and you do such a good job and they're quality human beings enough to where you, uh, you know, somebody else wants them and is, and is willing to poach them, so to speak from your staff. So, you know, what's that, what's that kind of been, uh, what's that been like for you as you've seen these, uh, these assistants, no pun intended, kind of fly the, fly the cage here, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, and, and I've told all of my assistants, I was like, you know, the one thing you're going to do as, as an assistant here is you're going to coach. And if I don't let you coach and, and I just kind of keep you bottled up and only limit the things you do, then I'm probably not doing the job I'm supposed to. And that's preparing you to be a head coach. And, you know, obviously Scott's been with us for a while. Um, we had Pete Cunningham, who's with, with us for a while. And he ended up taking over the Marion head job. Uh, Eric Thompson was another, my first assistant. He did a great job. Uh, he's now at Marion as an assistant over there. Um, and then uh, Andy King, obviously, anytime you can get a former player back in, in, in your building and as a coach and somebody you coached, um, him having, you know, the building process and going through kind of the same stuff that, that we did initially at prep is, is fun to watch. And I'm excited to see what Andy does with, with Elkhorn North. And, and he'll get that thing going in the right way. And he's got a lot of good young kids. And, you know, now we got Nick Thompson, who's who's off to Elkhorn High. Um, so I told him, like, you know, if I go to Elkhorn North and Elkhorn, like, if I'm going to be somewhere in the middle and I'm not going to be slightly to the right or slightly to the left. It's like, it's going to be in the middle. Yeah. Now, truth be told, if I had to go one way or another, I always got to lean with the former players. So gotcha. uh, I'll be sitting a little bit to the North, I guess, but um, it's exciting to see Andy and Nick take over their programs. Both have been huge parts 
of our program. Um, you know, Andy was defense coordinator, but he also had a lot of insight on offense. Uh, Nick, same way, defense coordinator, also had some good insight on offense. And to know that there's other programs that wanted guys that were at prep um, was exciting for me because I, I, you know, at the end of the day, what I really feel is important. And obviously, I'm not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Um, but our job, you know, at prep is not just to be basketball coaches, but it's also to teach our young men how to be, you know, good people when they leave prep. And and I do believe like we've succeeded at both parts. And like I said, not everybody's going to be happy, and you're always going to have your critics, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But for the most part, like we talk to a lot of the kids we've coached over the last twenty years, and we still check up on guys, and guys are having babies, and guys are you know in college doing well and guys are coming back and they've got new jobs but it's it's almost like with my assistants when you see them leave it's like you can only hope for great things for them because you spent so much time with them the good the bad losses and wins and tough times and good times that you want that you want them to have that success so i'm really rooting for uh for uh nick and um and andy to have great you know Mm-hmm. careers as head coaches but um you know now we've got another opportunity for a former junior jay and ted sessman to come up and be my assistant and then we've got you know sam jenkins who's a junior jay is the jv coach aj hubner who played for us a couple of years ago is now our sophomore coach you got ralph setter who's a long time used to be the head coach at gretna but also uh, been a long time freshman coach for us um, is a great guy, does a great job coaching. And then our B team coach is uh, another guy who played for us, Pete Mullen. So now you, you know, you've got a great freshman coach. You got three former players coaching as head coaches. And you got a guy who's been a volunteer and assistant freshman coach. And his brother played for you at prep as a JV coach. And, and let me sneak back real quick. One of the first things I did when I got the job is I wanted to hire assistant coaches that had played in the program because I thought it was so beneficial for people who had wore the prep jersey to be the ones helping rebuild and and kind of lay that foundation. So hiring Eric Thompson and Brad Burks as my assistants was Mm -hmm. the best move I made in the initial beginning and having Scott around was great. But anytime you get former players back to, that have worn that jersey that can tell the kids like we've been through this we understand we know it's tough we know there's things you want to do and don't want to do but if you do them and trust coaches good things are going to happen that's that's immediate buy-in and mm-hmm. and that's powerful yeah when you when you say when you come to prep you're going to coach as an assistant coach um wh- how do you how do you implement that into your practices into your games how do you help prepare these guys for the next step if if they so choose that they if they want to be a head coach uh what are some of the things that you that you do within your program to put them in a in a position to feel comfortable there well they they all have different positions obviously they do with you know some guys are defensive guys and call the defenses the entire game and i just trust that they're going to do uh kind of what we've talked about at staff um some guys do the 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 baseline and sideline out of bounds stuff some guys are scout you know they put in the game plans and they talk through the game plans. Um, and then in our practices, it, you know, they get their time to coach and, and I get my time to coach. And then we, we kind of coach together at, at game time. They, you know, the kids understand and the coaches understand there's like one voice making the call, but in timeouts, people have seen me do it a number of times. Like, 
hey, you got a good play here, let's run it. Get in here and draw it. And they'll do that. And I just have complete confidence in my guys that, you know, when you've been around people a long time and you've gotten to know them and you trust them, you, you just feel comfortable putting them in spots like that. And, you know, I remember Ted Stessman, our JV coach, I think it was two years ago, like, hey, we need a baseline out of bounds play. Give us one. And and just threw him the clipboard and he did it. And I've done the same thing with Nick Thompson and also with Andy King. And, you know, we've had great success with that. And I think when you show that kind of confidence in them, that brings out the best in them. And, and I'm a, also a firm believer, like, guys, I'm going to give you all the confidence in the world as players. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you kind of do some things as long as it's within what we want to do. But the minute you abuse that, then I got to take some of that, that power back. And, yeah. you know, I want my guys to be able to play and play with confidence and feel like, you know, they're not, you know, they're not going to be in trouble with one bad shot. Now, if you've taken seven bad shots, that's a different story. But, you know, I always tell guys, you're not getting pulled for one mistake. You're getting pulled for a multiple number of mistakes, not just one, because you can't play basketball. You can't play any sport if you're afraid to make one mistake. And, yeah. Um, it's a combination of a lot. Now, obviously you're going to have critics and you're going to have people that disagree. Well, that was the only mistake you had. Well, that might be the only mistake you thought he had, but, as coaches and players, we know that there's more mistakes. But I think my coaches feel really confident in in coaching during practice, coaching during the game. Um, but there's also got to be that one point where there's one voice. And, and all of us, I always use this all the time. It's not about me. You know, when when we won and, and I became the all-time winningest coach, I was very quick to point out all the former players all the former coaches uh it wasn't anything i did by myself it took a lot of work and a lot of people put in a lot of time and effort to do it it's kind of the same thing we do now like you know we had a great year last year and we pulled off some you know an upset at the state tournament but that wasn't just josh lukey that was the work of an entire group of young men and coaches who put in the time off season during the school during the year and then in postseason to really kind of get to the semifinals again. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple of unique traditions about your program. Uh, let's let's start uh, let's start with the suits and sneakers game. Uh, what is that, Josh? And what does that mean to you and your program? You know, um, uh, I started one of the biggest things I started to do this. I think it's been five years now. Once again, experience, not old age. But um, I think it was five years ago we started. Uh, we, we we became uh, partners with the Coaches versus Cancer uh, program. And it started off based on three-pointers. And I'm like, what a fun deal. Like, we can raise money for cancer by making as many three-pointers as we can and we really like to shoot the three balls, so why not? Um, now it's a little bit different program, but you know, cancer is always it, it impacts everybody, and and you know, there's there's whether it's your family or f- family friends or people you know, like there's got to we've got to do all we can to, and, and there's a lot of diseases, but there, we've got to do all we can to to try to fight cancer. And I've had a close friend die of cancer. My uncle died of cancer. Um, I've had family friends and and players, mothers who have had cancer. And I just felt like, you know, you're at a place like Creighton prep where you can make a really big difference. And part of being at a place like prep is, is service and giving back to others and, and trying to help others who are in in tough situations. And, you know, I thought from a basketball standpoint, what a tremendous way um, to give back is to try to raise money 
and help people with cancer. And, you know, all the money we raise with cancer goes directly to the American Cancer Society here in Omaha. Um, we've been lucky enough that, you know, one year we were the, the high school that raised the most money with cancer, um, for, for cancer, I should say. And we always pick one game where it's kind of like our, our, our cancer awareness game where we do pass the bucket and, you know, the coaches kind of mimic the college coaches and where, you know, I, I made these fun shoes last year that were royal, uh, royal blue, some Air Force Ones, royal blue and pink. Uh, my son thought they were pretty cool. So I was like, OK, I'll get them. And I wore them for some of the games and I wore them to school, especially during the times we're raising money for cancer. And, you know, pink is I love I always wear pink ties when I do wear ties at games. But uh, pink's just one of my favorite um colors and last year uh during this time i did uh real men wear peak which is breast cancer awareness month um i didn't do that this year and, and partly because i told i told the people at the american cancer society it's really tough not to do this but it's really hard to also do both of them at the same time and they're yeah. like hey if you're doing one or the other who cares like give it give it your best and, and and try to raise as much money as possible so we chose the the coaches versus cancer game and We'll have a couple different games this year where we we try to do the uh, suits and sneakers. And then I in my initial post this year, you know, I think it'd be really cool if we could get, you know, five five Metro coaches, you know, that are involved with coaches versus cancer. And, Uh you know, you see a lot of college coaches that do it and and it's their way of giving back. And so my first coach I'm trying to get involved with is. Uh, Coach King, um, mm-hmm. you know, I tagged him at Elkhorn North, and he says he's all in. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on him and, and get those guys signed up, so that you know, as a as a group with the Metro coaches, that we're doing the best we can to to raise money and yeah. and and fight cancer and and try to help those who who need the help. Yeah, well, you better hold him to it, or you're gonna withhold his last paycheck. Just just tell him you got one somewhere. You know, he'll never know yes, the difference. So yeah, uh, real quick, tell us about Christmas in the Cage. Uh, Christmas in the cage is, it's kind of a, a fun game. Uh, the kids love it. Um, as a coach, they'll laugh and all my assistants will tell you it's not my favorite game of the year, but, um, <laughs> I can't but understand it, why Josh, I can't understand why, <laughs> but, but you know, it, 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 it's one of my favorite games. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I love that game, but what an incredible environment. Um, you know, last year we played Lincoln Southwest in that game and, if we didn't have that six six man crowd of what we had with the birdcage dressed in presents and you know three wise men and we had Jesus you know Mary was there and Joseph and I mean it was packed probably nineteen hundred people I mean what a what an incredible environment to play a basketball game in and um, you know Southwest pretty good basketball team and we're coming off a a little whooping out in Gretna and you know we. I think we won by 30 points and, and the guys really fed off that crowd. So we always know that with Christmas in the cage, we're going to have a great crowd. Now, the good news is we always get a great crowd. And I think it's, it's, uh, Christmas in the cage is a unique experience for people and we try to get eighth graders there all the time you know we're we're at schools talking to seventh and eighth graders about you know coming to prep and we say well if you haven't experienced prep you got to come to christmas in the cage and they love it they just buy into it right away and 
uh, it's a great game. And, you know, I've probably done some things like I won't wear an ugly Christmas sweater for that game. And they keep trying me to get to do that, but I, I won't. And they even made a new one last year. And I was like, I can't, it'd be too hot. There's no way. And one year we had, somebody wanted us to work green socks with reindeers. And I'm like, no way. Like, we, we still have to play a game, and usually we got a pretty good opponent, and I'm like, we still got to play a yeah, game, and yeah. uh, those green socks would just be too distracting. So um, we love it. Um, obviously, the, the preparation for it takes a lot from the student body, so it does interfere with some of the things we do practice-wise, but at the same time, who, who wouldn't love 1,800 people playing you know, at a game at prep? with a birdcage that's overfilled and, and they're, they're awesome. Our, our junior Jays that are in the birdcage, they do a great job. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Well, Josh, at this point, let's transition here. Let's jump into the the John Wooden quote of the day. It's been a few weeks. I kind of look back at this like, man, Plum, you haven't done this in uh, three or four podcasts here. So, so we better jump back in. And I thought we need to go with a traditional old school Johnny Wooden quote of the day here so mr ludke are you ready for the john wooden quote of the day i'll do my best (laughs) all right uh so this is from page 28 of wooden a lifetime of observations here is the quote uh be more concerned with your character than your reputation character is what you really are reputation is what people say you are reputation is often based on character but not always and I think for us as coaches, like you, you said it a couple times, you can't make everybody happy. And yeah. it, it's crazy uh, sometimes how much time people will spend to tear down one's character or reputation. And at a certain point, I think we all have to learn as coaches that we can't worry about what our reputation may be, so to speak. As long as we're right. comfortable with our character, uh, we're ready to roll. You know, and, and we've got to be comfortable Absolutely. with that. So, Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that quote. And, and, and honestly, I mean, I, I, I kind of I feel like, you know, I, I mean, I, I am a little animated on the sidelines at times. I try to be chilled. And, and some days I get really into it. Um, and I'm, I'm super competitive. I always tell the kids, like, you're not going to meet too many people that are as competitive as I am. And. I think there are some people out there as we talk about perception and and what is character. I, I think there are some people out there that, you know, they, they think like I'm this wild man, crazy guy, like just, you know, abusive and I don't, you know, do things the right way when in all actuality if if you get to if you take the time to get to know me, uh, I'm probably one of the guys that's probably the nicest guy 
I'm big on character. I really want our young men to represent the school to the fullest. And, and I can't ask them to represent the school to the fullest. If I don't, have I made some mistakes? Absolutely. But I really, I really have tried to think more about that, that character part of it and, and less about what, you know, the perception is of people that that maybe come to one game per year but you know one thing i've tried to do and and i try to find a a good you know podcast and i listen to different podcasts and you know the last couple weeks i've been really spending a lot of time listening to you know Dabo sweeney and you know here's another football guy but you know you listen to guys like that you listen to guys like buzz williams and you listen to guys like scott drew and you talk about, you know, some of them are really, you know, big into faith life and mm-hmm. teaching and, and it's more about basketball, more about, you know, life after basketball than it actually is a basketball and hearing that stuff. And, and I've probably been listening to Buzz Williams for almost, you know, 12 months to 14 months now, but finding different pieces of those podcasts that I listen to on a daily basis, just trying to take things that they say and say like do i do this and and if i don't should i and 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 it's not about the x's and the o's it's about trying to understand and try to be more understanding but also still hold people accountable and you know you, you listen to some of the acc media day stuff and you know tony bennett has some really great you know things about the five pillars of what virginia basketball is all about and you know how how players understand like before they commit to virginia they understand like this is virginia like you you have to realize the expectations you're getting into and somebody asked them can you still recruit like that in today's world with all the nil stuff and transfer portals and he's like absolutely you can still do it people want the truth and and i think just being honest with people and, and giving the truth is is really important and and one thing i always you know, when I talk to the prospective students and their families, like there's no promises like basketball is even going to work out at prep. Like my main job is admissions director and I've got to get kids there for all the right reasons. But, you know, you get people that want to solely focus on basketball and it's like, man, this might not be the right place for you because, you know, you got homework to do and you got service projects and you got to be accountable for what you do on a daily basis. Like it it just may not be the right fit. I'm not, I'm not taking any jabs at any other schools saying they don't do that, but you know, prep is unique. And if you haven't been in prep and understand what the expectations are, uh, and I hope I don't scare anybody away who listens to this, but like, it's, it's a different place. It's just unique. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, you know, that we're blessed in Omaha. There's a lot of great schools. You know, I'm obviously biased about prep, but it, it's just a unique place. I, I heard something, you know, talking about quotes and John Wooden, but Matt Painter was talking at Purdue. Like when I talk to recruits, you know, I don't make any promises and they have to understand, like, they are going to become we, we are not going to become them. Mm-hmm. And, and you think about it, like, I told I told my guys at workouts the other day. I was like, you know, if college coaches can can expect you to play as a team and and have good chemistry and and do what's expected, I was like, then why can't high school guys have those same expectations? And you know, we challenge them to think a lot, and um, that has I think been a big part of just watching our guys grow as well, not just as basketball players, but also as individuals and humans, and, and trying to make them better people. So. Um, I don't know. That's kind of a lot of scrambled eggs with yeah. that John Wooden quote, but 
I, I think there, for me personally, I think people think I'm this crazy lunatic, but I'm not. I'm actually a pretty low key guy and I'm quiet and I don't really get too involved with too many things. I, I go to work, I coach basketball, I go home. I go to work, I coach basketball, I go home, yeah. try to get a workout in here and there. And as we were talking earlier, you know, I've got two kids and a wife and three dogs. That's a lot to take care of. Yes, it is. So, well, let's jump into your philosophy uh, here, uh, Josh. You know, we, you talked about your change uh, from defense to offense. Uh, how did you implement that? Let's talk about your transition offensive philosophy, what you're doing there to push tempo at prep, to, to create more possessions, uh, so forth and so on. How do you guys put that together, and, and what do you do? So it was a combination of offense and defense and stuff, but we really wanted to make sure and put an emphasis on this, that when we, when, when we would get a stop or a turnover, we were trying to, to get up the court and score and get the best shot we could in the first like 10 seconds. And, and we really feel like if you can get a stop, and you can run your lanes and you can get out and push the ball. Or if you get a steal and you're attacking in, in downhill and you can get to the rim, that's really what we wanted to do. So we had a couple different transition drills. We had one that, you know, we take six trips in like 33 seconds and it's really a fast pace up and down. Um, uh, drill that would allow us to get up and down and, and shoot and, and put the ball on the floor and do all that stuff. And if you don't hit, so you'd have to hit seven points in like 33 seconds. Well, if you don't hit seven points, you got to do it again. So I think, I think pushing it and transition like that, that's one of our favorite drills, having the focus of saying, Hey, like you got to go. Like the first job is get a stop. Second job is to get the rebound. Third one is you got to get the ball out and run in. And our wings really got to get to the corners, but we got to have a big man that's willing to run the rim. And we're really just trying to get downhill, make one guy miss, and, and try to either draw for a drive and kick or throw it up for a quick three. Or maybe our point guard can you know make one guy miss and get to the rim or drop it off to the big a um, couple other drills we do almost every day that's one of them um, we do a, a, a shooting drill that can be anywhere from two minutes to six minutes um, and and we just worked on it over and over and because one of the things if you're going to play fast you got to be well conditioned so these drills are not just offensive drills but they're also conditioning drills so we went from the Hey, we're going to let line up on the lines and do these lines and we're going to do 10 lines before we go home or 10 22s. If, if they're, if they're doing what we want them to do, they're doing these transition drills. So like the one we, the one we did, the first one is just, we call it transition five, five trips, six trips. And then the other ones, uh, crate and shooting. Um, it's just, uh, you know, you start out with, you know, a three man kind of weave layups, short jumpers, then it's layups and threes and, like I said, you can do it in one minute and you put a goal on the clock and you got to get this or two minutes, you got this goal or six minutes, you got this goal. And it really was a, a good thing to just put focus on our guys, but also, um, you know, the conditioning part. We do an Oklahoma drill where it's three lines and you got to get 43 layups in three minutes mm -hmm. and, and just stuff like that kind of helped us kind of from an offensive side get the ball out and really push it up and down the court we spent a lot of time the initial um phase of it of of putting um you know offense defense on the floor and doing five men on the you know five five men on the baseline you know and everyone does a drill you throw it to a defense guy or an offensive guy the defense guy gets to go touch baseline and then we play you know 
five on four, or maybe it's, you know, three on two, whatever it may be. But that really helped us as well as far as what's a good shot, what's not a good shot. And I'm not a guy with a lot of multiple drills. Like if you if you came to our practice for three straight days, there's probably you know, there's probably five or six drills we do every day because it's it, it has just really helped us become just a better team. But mm-hmm. those transition drills offensively, we did so many different ones like that have been really beneficial. Um, I think when we we went to this model, we used to be just get back and play man-to-man half court. Well, we started to do our one-two-two, which was three-quarter court, and you know, we were really good at that with getting tips or, or getting some steals or maybe getting the ball thrown out of bounds that allowed us to get some steals and just get us playing with tempo. And I think that's one of the biggest things with this getting up, up, up tempo is you got to have tempo. Like I can, I can look at games where we're just kind of going through the motion. I'm like, God, we got to speed it up. We got to speed it up. We got to get some tempo. And then, you know, we address it and it's like, hey, guys, we've got to speed things up. We've got to get this tempo going. And as soon as we get the tempo going, it's like these mm-hmm. these guys are different kids and, and yeah. they're into the game. And yeah. um, so all those little drills, you know, we, we would play short stint games, you know, um, two minute games or three minute games and do different transition drills. And that just really helped us. But my favorite transition drills, the guys will tell you, is the Oklahoma drill. Because I think it's a focus drill, uh, it's a layup drill, and and people think, okay, three minutes, we're going to get forty-two layups. This is going to be pretty easy. There's no defense. Well, you know, you're getting up and down it's, pretty quick. There, it's harder to be a bad pass. Yeah. There's bound to be a missed layup. Um, so it's not as easy as it they think. And then moving to the point where we did basketball drills as conditioning also helped because. Playing basketball and getting conditioned at the same time is more fun than running lines and yeah. trying to get back in 32 seconds. So um, I think the kids just really bought into it. Doing those kind of things um, really helped. You know, um, we, we run a lot of drag screens. Um, we'll run some double drags. Um, we'll get into a, 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 a sideline ball screen in transition. All those things of just trying not to let the defense get set up has really made our offense pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure with, like, all of your drills, you, you've done them long enough now that you know, uh, forty, let's say, 43 and 3 minutes like you have there. That's kind of the magic number. If you bust it and you make shots, you're efficient. Uh, and, and if you're efficient, you're going you're gonna to make it. But if you have any sort of letdown, boy, it's hard to come back from it. And that forces your guys to concentrate. And, and you know, our time is so limited with kids now, it feels like, that, you know, it's hard to just say, okay, we're just going to run for the heck of it for 10 minutes to quote-unquote condition. I, I right. think, you know, we we very rarely just run to run in practice. And if we do, it's just a short, quick burst, half court to, and back or in line and back. Uh, and usually with the ball in their hands, we're, we're, we're dribbling and ball handling and working on speed dribbling even then. So uh, right. that, that's part of our philosophy as well, Josh. That's interesting to hear from somebody else. Yeah, I mean, and, and we it's, it's rare that we just run lines or 16 in a minutes nowadays because, you know, honestly, there's, there's a few drills like if we don't get them right, like we're going to keep doing them until we get them right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys, that, that's what makes us, you know, kind of that focused, tough, disciplined team we are. Um, but, you know, it's, it's guys would rather be, ha- they would rather have a ball in their hands than, 
than than running lines and you can you can get them you know whether you're left-handed layups right-handed layups playing off two feet that's something we've really tried to to do a lot more of is playing off to two feet so whether we're in transition or in offenses you know if you get a runaway and you can get a dunk or a layup great but if you're going to have to absorb contact man, you better be playing off two feet because you may not like that shot once you get in the paint. And then it's up to our guys to really be moving and cutting to try and find that next pass. And maybe it's that next pass that's a wide open shot or maybe it's the one more after that that's a wide open shot. But by playing off two feet, it's going to give us a better chance to to be more efficient. And one thing I failed to mention about Scott a while back, Scott was huge on uh, OER and DER. Uh, offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency and and when we were you know 1.1 1.2 you're really tough to beat especially yeah. when your defense is a point seven or point eight mm-hmm. um when when we were one and one that was really difficult for for us to to pull away and win games but um that was something that helped us myself coach king coach thompson uh understand how important it was to have great possessions mm-hmm. um and, and even though we play fast and up tempo, we still want to have great possession. So, you know, it's not just throw it up and take the first, you know, craziest three we got. I mean, but it's got to be an in rhythm three or it's got to be, um, you know, a, a, a driving kick three. It's there's certain concepts in which we, we do that the kids are trying to play out of that make us really efficient with what we do. Want to know more about a pen and a napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to apennantanapkin.com, a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our Apennantanapkin University video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes, from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every Apennantanapkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of Apennantanapkin. Apennantanapkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach well you uh you brought it up josh uh the the offensive efficiency and then you know we've talked a lot about offense let's jump into some defense here uh you your 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 half court defensive philosophy what are some things that you do because you know i've i've been fortunate to watch you play some here especially recently uh on the project that will go unnamed um but you know the you, you, you press a little bit, but not a ton, you know. So, yeah. so what do you, what do you, what are you thinking about defensively in your half court? How do you teach it? Uh, what's the reasoning behind it? Well, the, we we use a lot of uh, we don't really call it a press, but uh, we started with a two two one, you know, twenty two. Now we're kind of more of a we call it twelve, a one two two, or some teams will tell you we call it black, but it's a one two two soft press. Just take some time off the clock maybe throw some sand in the other team's gears, kind of get them out of sync a little bit. Um, when we're really, like, when our guys are really good at that, we spend a lot of time in black. And, you know, obviously with the shot clock, I, I've got a lot of things, like, in my head right now. Yeah, like, yeah that's going to change I, things I'm, for I'm you. I'm really kind of playing and toying with some things in my head that we might be a little bit different team this year than we've been. But then you sit there and say, well, how much do you want to change with all the success you've had? Uh-huh. But that shot clock really makes a difference. So um, so to back to the question, though, is we, we do some one, two, two. And when it's good, we stay in it. When it's bad, we get out of it real quick. And then we just kind of fall back into our half court man, which 
obviously for us, number one thing is we got to contain the ball. And we've, we've been lucky to have some really good on the ball defenders. Um, we change for being up the line, on the line into a gap team. So we really work hard on being in gaps. Uh, any, any ball side drive. Uh, with a guy in the corner, we will not leave the guy in the, guy in the corner. So we, we, we do a lot of our rotations from the backside for help coming over to make, you know, contested shots really tough. Um, we used to show help from the corner and then get back, but there's so many guys that can shoot the ball nowadays that it's hard to help and get back to the shooter. Um, so we kind of just lock on them, but our backside, you know, weak side defense has got to really rotate over. So we've got to spend a lot of time on breaking down the defense two on two, three on three, um, to our four on four and then five on five. The other thing that's critical and, and you know, this is, Man, you got to have closeouts. You can't have blowbys. Um, you got to have guys that can really close out. And if a guy hits a contested three, great. But if a guy, you know, not a great shooter, but yet you close out tough on him and the guy gets by you and now people really got to scramble, that's really hard on the defense. So we, we really just drill basic concepts of like, hey, you got to contain the ball. We got to be in the gaps. We got to be in help. We got to make sure our rotations, we got to drop level the ball. Uh, when one pass goes, like it's scramble mode to get where we need to go. We start by close out, contain gaps, and we just repeat it over and over. And um, the good thing is, you know, Andy King and Nick Thompson have done great jobs with our defense. Uh, I, I have no doubt that Ted Stessman will do a great job with the guys this year. I think we're probably a little bit different team this year. I think we're going to be a little bit longer than some people expect. Um, I do think we're a little more athletic than some expect. Um, and I'm really excited about this group. Now, whether or not we do everything the same, you know, I, I think the concepts will stay the same. Like if we're in half court, man, this is our concepts won't change. Could we be a little more, you know, 50-50, 60-40 with that shot clock. It mm-hmm. could happen. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we sat in a 3-2 zone the entire game against Westside. Yeah. And we practiced zone, you know, here and there. So um, I, I think putting – the number one thing I have to do this year is is put our guys in the best position to be yeah. successful. As a coach, you, you've got to put your guys in the right spots to, to see success. And I would think that that's another thing that – you know, when I first got the job, I was, you know, and I've told this story a million times, like we're going to run out two bigs and we're going to run high, low, and we're going to take care of business. And our guys are just going to be bigger, stronger. Well, here's the thing. We've had some good guards, but if you don't have great guards and can't get the ball to the post, it doesn't matter. You got two post guys. Yep. Um, you got to have guys that can handle it. So I think, I think we've really improved our guard play. Um, over these last eight years, that's another thing that has really helped us. We've, we've got some tough guards and, you know, when you can roll out guys like Justin City and, you know, Jalen Hunter and, you know, um, Spencer Mose and, you know, Kyle was a tough guard mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, big guard and, uh, Jaden Temme was a six, six guard who could, you know, handle it. And, um, you got guys like Brendan Buckley and Connor Buckley and, Last year, you know, our guys were tough guys. Like, they handled the ball well. And, you know, there's a few teams we struggle with a little bit, but I think everybody in the Metro and maybe the state struggle with it. Oh, absolutely. um, That's just – that's the way it is. And some days you just have bad games and and we just got to get better. But um, conceptual-wise, defensively, we're in our 1-2-2 back to man 
majority of the time. And the man is a gap, really help on the ball. Um, you know, we, some years we have great athletes, some years we just have great team players and mm-hmm. we got a, our man to man concepts are all ball related as the ball goes one way, everybody's going that way and trying to build that little, uh, that little arc, that little wall, you know, that, you know, the Bennett's have made the pack line defense, that little arc where nobody gets inside this arc, everything's got to be contested. And then, everybody's got a rebound and rotations all got to be the same. So um, those are, those are our defensive concepts per se. Yeah. So, Hey Josh, let's end on this. Uh, let's talk about some of your favorite drills uh, that, that you haven't talked about yet. You know, you brought up some offensive stuff. What's maybe a couple of your favorite defensive drills that you like to run and work on in practice to get your kids uh, better on that side of the ball? Um, there's a couple, uh, one in, in our defensive guys, would, they, they're probably laughing right now if they, they heard me say this because they do all the defensive stuff and I'm kind of just ob- observing everything that's going on, but we do a couple different closeout drills, uh, kind of scramble closeouts that are really kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, four across the free throw line or three across, um, just really watching our guys close out, keep the ball in front, and then scramble. So we call it jackrabbit closeouts. Um, we also just have our regular prep closeouts that we have. Um, those are those are good drills to really get the guys flying around, kind of head on a swivel type deal. Um, there's one we do where we just try to contain the ball, and we put cones uh, at both elbows, and we throw the ball out to a guy and. Obviously, it's a closeout drill, but it's just one-on-one. Like, you as the dribbler got one or two dribbles to get by the guy, and you as the defender, you got to keep him within the cones. You can't go outside the cones. Mm-hmm. you got to take one, you know, try to take a charge or keep him in front and wall up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another fun one. Uh, I really enjoy the five-on-the-baseline transition defense. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's probably some games that we give up way too much easy on transition, but we do work on it quite a bit with the – the five on the baseline. Um, and then there's a couple different drills where uh, we'll start with a free throw. Um, and, you know, if he makes it, we're in this. If he misses it, we're in this. And, and we head right back to defense. So those are probably the, the favorite ones that we do, um, you know, and, and get our guys prepared for the upcoming uh, game or whatever week we have. Perfect. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Josh, if, if people want to check out the prep program, check out you, whatever, uh, what are some places that they can go, uh, social media, that type of stuff? Uh, we have a Jeter J uh, Twitter account uh, they can check out. They can always email me if somebody wants to come and watch or practice. I'm always, they can come and watch and, and check out the, the Junior J, you know, practice. Uh, J Lutke, L-U-E-D-T. KE at CreightonPrep.org. We've had a lot of youth coaches that have come by that wanted to watch, um, you know, and, and if coaches want to come by and take a look, that's, that's fine too. Um, they can always email me if they have questions. I've had some people ask us about our black and if we could send them some film on it. And, um, you know, I think that was after our 2015 team where, you know, we ended up 27 and two, won the state title, but we used black quite a bit. And the guy up on top, this Tommy uh, Pritchard was just this, you know, he's a five foot 10 guy, but he was just super annoying and active and <laughs> had great, uh, anticipation and, and did a great job. And we also used, uh, our black in our 2018 year with, you know, Cole and Kyle and Jaden and Jalen and Spencer, where we went twenty six and one. So, um, 
you know, people have emailed me and I'm always, I'm always willing to talk to somebody and answer questions and, um, help in any way I can. Uh, um, so they can, they can check us out on junior J basketball or shoot me an email and I'll get back to them. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Josh, thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. Uh, it's been a great conversation with you. Uh, your, your first full run here on a pen and a napkin. Hope you've enjoyed it, my friend. Oh, I've enjoyed it. This was great. I hope, uh, I hope there's something in here that will help somebody, you know, become a better coach or a better player. And, uh, if, if it doesn't, we at least tried, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we're, we're always trying. We're always we trying. We're always trying. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, well, Hey, uh, Josh, I appreciate your time. Uh, going to close it down here a second. If you could hold the line, uh, yep. we'll, we'll wrap everything up again. Josh Ludke. Uh, the uh, head boys basketball coach again. I said it again, Josh. The head basketball coach <laughs> at the All Boys Institution of Creighton Prep here in Omaha. Really appreciate his time. Again, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, download, rate, review. Again, folks, uh, if, if you could, if you're a regular listener, but you're just clicking on the Twitter handle when when stuff pops up. I know I do. I, I put a lot of tags out there, but if you could subscribe, that would just help me out with the numbers and the ratings and that type of thing. So that would be greatly appreciated if you could just make that one slight adjustment to your listening uh, habits. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. Of course, check out a penandanapkin.com as we get closer to the school year here, or the, the school year practice. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff on there. And then, of course, if you'd be so kind to visit our Patreon page, that'd be great as well. So... Uh, Again, had a great time with Josh Ludke from Creighton Prep this afternoon. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.